episode 55 of All the Horrible Things, brought to you by, hopefully you, we're looking for sponsors, people, so, uh, yeah. Brought to you by you, the listeners. <laughs> exactly. Fork it up. We do gotta probably maybe put together, um, means in which people can support beyond subscribe and like yeah. and spread the word, but, uh, we're not quite there yet, but we're gonna no. talk about Evil Dead Rise today. Yes. We're talking about the hit new film, which is doing pretty good in the box office. It is doing really good. For a budget of nineteen million to be making what it's making. Um I mean that that weekend that it came out two weekends ago, you saw that before you saw Bo, you were more excited for Evil Dead Rise, it would (laughs) would appear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I just, it's the franchise. I I mean it, it it was like my gateway to horror, the Evil Dead movies. And I think that's just uh, in my opinion, they can do no wrong. It's just like the best lore. Uh, it does it's... have good lore. I was thinking about that. Let's talk about other films really quick that even compare in the least that have essentially what are uh, possessed zombies, like zombies, but they have memories of who they were and they can do these supernatural things that zombies can't, yeah. right? It's not just because, let's think about the other possession movies um that are even close to this i mean okay we're gonna talk about how it alludes to the shining but for me the shining is probably the number one best kind of pseudo possession film would you consider that a possession yeah. film uh yeah yeah that's like a, a crazy mashup of um like a haunted house meets possession movie which is ironic because uh the original Evil Dead movie was kind of endorsed by Stephen King, and that's why it ended up doing well. Taken off? Interesting. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that, huh? But that's it's a good call. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, it's it's like a mashup of... You take like a, a George R. Romero, Night of the Living Dead, and then you put The Exorcist into it. Yes. That, I you think know? that's a very good combo, a very good mashup. Especially um, the first, um, you know, Night of the Living Dead taking place like in a, in a cabin in the woods. Yeah, yeah. We're putting boards all over the windows, nailing the doors shut. Uh, classic tropes, which this is really the first one to escape that. That being said, um, my introduction to this whole series was Army of Darkness. I remember going <laughs> to my buddy's house in like high school, junior year. We'd be playing poker or whatever, and you'd always have Army of the Darkness on in the background. I didn't have any real uh, sense that this was the third installment in the movie, uh, well, in the series. It, but I, I yeah. enjoyed the visuals. But granted, Army of Darkness is very different than Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Yes. Despite having the, Ash, Bruce Campbell's character, leave. Yeah. And it's uh, a big reason was that it was kind of like the first studio version of the Evil Dead movies where the studio had so much control the the movie went way over budget and they shelved it they shelved the movie for a long oh. time they changed the name it was i think there was an, like an alternative title and it, it kind of set it up for failure and, and and also sam raimi i think was at a point where he was more interested in doing comedy and it has a very Three Stooges feel to... Yeah, slapstick is what I remember. Yeah. And then it's very... Is it stop motion that they use? 
They use stop motion for like the yeah the Army of the Dead, very similar to what they used to do in the '60s and '70s with like right. Jason and the Argonauts and other Ray Harryhausen, um, the master of of you know monsters. Which in the right context, I think, does work. I remember enjoying it in Army of Darkness in my teens. I haven't revisited it since then. That being said, I hadn't seen Evil Dead 1 or 2. And frankly, I've only seen half of 2. I watched half of uh, 2 here just before this. And they also okay. use that stop motion yeah. um, a little yeah. bit. It's, honestly, it looks like a Barbie doll that they're using for yeah. Ash's girlfriend from the first film. She's, she's spinning dancing around. Dancing in the, in the moonlight? They love that, if I'm honest with you. Well, it kind of takes away from the scare factor. That being said, Evil Dead, the first three, always do have like an undercurrent of humor. Maybe not the first one. The second one definitely had an undercurrent of humor. The second one does, for sure. Uh, the first one, I guess, took the... itself pretty seriously. It did. And the thing about these movies, though, was that they they were self-financed, the first two. You know, they, they had Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and Rob Tappert, the producers. They, they, um, they found the money to make this from, like, dentists in Michigan. And they produced these films on their own. And, and Sam Raimi, the genius he is, you know, sort of invented a lot of stuff on this film and, and his style. So I understand when, when you say that, you know, it kind of takes you out of it at times with with the stylization but it's also you know 1980s practical right. effects yes uh, it's know. unique it certainly does date it but uh given where the series is gone i mean you can accept it especially we can't not yeah. note that ash versus the evil dead was a show on stars for three season that follows the same character from the first two and word on the street is there's going to be an animated version of that that's a continuation um yeah one note on the production side, as as you brought it up, apparently um, part of the inspiration of this ne Necronomicon, Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, essentially the Book of the Dead, uh, is rooted in Raimi's having studied uh, in college, I think it was University of Michigan that he went, uh, yeah. Lovecraft in his 1924 uh, story, The Hound, which I guess has something very similar, the, the Book of the Dead in it. Um, and in terms of the distribution, I guess they also had this friend, Andy Granger, who owned a bunch of movie chains. And when they were making that first one, um, granted, this it was initially just a short called Within the Woods in 1978, yeah. um, which didn't do great, but it did good enough for them to get the feature made. But this guy who right. opened the movie chains, he just said, just keep the blood rolling and people are going to love it. Just keep the blood rolling. <laughs> and I guess in the first scene... There, I'm, I'm sorry, the first film, there's the projector scene where the blood is coming down on the screen behind it, and that's kind of an homage to what he asks from them. Keep the blood rolling on the screen. Yeah. And they actually literally do it. Literally on um, the screen. <laughs> and then I that's guess brilliant. they took a train out to L.A. to get this made because none of their cars were, were likely to make it, as the, the story goes. And I yeah, guess like they, the stay, they, they shacked up at Bruce Campbell's old girlfriend's place, this Andrea lady, who had a cat. And Sam Raimi is allergic to cats. There's going to be a cat in Evil Dead Rise we're going to talk about, too. Allergic yeah. to the cats. And apparently, Raimi is such a deep sleeper that the cat fell asleep on his face. And he woke up completely, like, puffy-eyed, swole-eyed, oh. blind. So he couldn't even, like, do what they were supposed to do when they first got there because he was all <laughs> essentially evil deaded with his eyes dead. bulging yeah. out, you know? Which, dead uh, did. That's pretty interesting. But That's yeah, amazing. I, I do think it's very unique. I think it's an IP uh, that can last 
quite a while because we're talking about only four four films, no, five films if you include Army of Darkness since nineteen seventy eight is the first one. No, I, oh no, that's the well, first the short, short film, right? Yeah. When was the first film? One. I think nineteen eighty one. Then you got nineteen eighty seven for Evil Dead Two. Um, we're talking about the serious films. Then we got Evil Dead, kind of the reboot. I guess they call it a, a loose continuation of sorts in 2013, which I really liked. I liked Same. Evil Dead Rise uh, that came out two weeks ago. I would say exponentially better. Yeah, same. Same here. And and, and I have, we can go into that now or we can go into it later, but I, I think the the most interesting thing about Evil Dead Rise is that Lee Cronin took the whole premise and put it into an urban, like, apartment building instead of the cabin in the woods it's kind of like what we just talked about with scream taking it out of its you know if you're going to keep something going like a, a franchise you have to do something new so making it an apartment horror is you know uh, updated and, and more um i don't know maybe relatable relevant because i think about yeah. uh who's the audience and i don't think it's kids that have access to the cabins in the woods because their their mommy and daddy have that extra cabin. Granted, in the first two films, that uh, is a piece of sh- crap cabin. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that being said, have, in the yeah. second one, it's made clear that the parents of the woman who then goes looking for her parents in Evil Dead Two. I don't know if you remember. They're the ones that yep. show up and they have like a private plane or whatever. So she seems to be really affluent, looking for her parents, who were the yeah. ones that kind of dug up the neck. Necronomicon, Necronomicon, and yeah. they died subsequently. Her mom is in the basement, pops up in two. Um, it's a really, really crappy shack for someone who you think was affluent. But back to your point, I completely agree. It needed to change. It needed to move on, and it needed to move on just from teenagers as well. And that's why Lee Cronin, I right. think, went with the family angle. Um, yep. That being said, he does pay homage to what Evil Dead is rooted in with our teaser. I was going to say, you know, having said that he updated it, he did a really amazing opening with a new cabin in the woods. It's even, it it looks different. It's it's like, it's not even the- It's It's really nice. Yeah. Got that long- Airbnb. Dock. You got this douchey guy with a a drone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's something really cool about that opening shot is that's- Sam Raimi's flying through the woods. You know, his he invented the, that's what the yes. evil does in these movies. It flies through the right. woods. And a really fun thing for Lee Cronin to do was that's start a good off point. with that put similar that shot, and then it turns into the drone. It's like I'm not gonna um, steal it, but I am going to reimagine you know, it. Call yeah. back to it. But you're absolutely right. I, that yeah. is one of my favorite parts about these Deadite spirits. Is the way they kind of Michael Myers, but like at top yeah. speed through the trees, you know? Right. It's yeah, it's no really fun it. to see the spirit. Um, and speaking of which, doing a little digging on what these Kandarian demons initially looked at, because I, apparently the Kandar Castle, Castle Kandar, is from like 15th century England, is where this originated. Hmm. Um, and what they initially post- supposedly looked like liked when they were summoned is. Um, this non-defined physical shape that appeared like a living cloud, which rolls oh. across the land. Um, I guess in one alternate reality, this first form is... Oh, I got it cut off here. Uh, this first form is seen as a demonic skull surrounded by a hazy blue mist, um, giving it a more ghostly appearance. 
But I found that interesting given the first film. And I don't know if you remember, they keep cutting to this shot of the cabin outside with the moon. And then the same, like, misty cloud, the same movement. They use the same shot a couple times sort of thing. A little annoying for me. Um, But I like that, uh, knowing that that's essentially what it was supposed to, you know, sure look like manifested. (laughs) Um, Gotcha. Let's talk a little bit more about um, the Deadites themselves, what they're capable of. Before we dig into the characters and the plot of uh, Evil Dead Rise, Um, because I will say, when I was watching it, I was a little confused about how people got possessed at first, because obviously sure. we, we have the very clear one where there's the incantation. You use the, you use the Book of the Dead, and yeah. you say stuff that you're not supposed to say, and you get blood on the book. That's pretty standard throughout, right? Correct. And then usually there's that spirit that comes and takes over, uh, usually, uh, you know, not a final girl. The girls, there's no final girls in the dead series which i do like no, with the not. exception of the 2013 one and i guess in this one there's there's two yeah yeah but they could be tracked down uh very easy given that you can't really kill these things you can stop them by dismembering their flesh but you can't really Correct. kill them um but looking here if you don't mind me running through the ways in which according to the uh fandom please you do can be possessed as you got the wounded target um, so this is, we've seen this one a lot of times, just like they get infected, uh, by having some sort of wound. I don't know if you remember the first one, but the girl who's, who's stabbed with the pencil and the foot and then, right. you know, it's going to happen. The touch of evil is what they call probably the most graphic and memorable one. The touch of evil is essentially when the trees take control of you and then, you know, violate you in some ways. Or in this yeah. case, we have the elevator. Uh, wires doing this to our our main girl. Is it Ellie? Is that her name? Ellie and Beth. Sisters Ellie and Beth are the leads of this new one. You got a bite and a scratch. You got contaminated blood injections. You got just, I guess, skin contact can do it. Apparently there's an orb. I don't remember seeing an orb in anything, but... I don't think so. Is that Ash uh, versus the Dead? Maybe that's in. Uh, A Necronomicon spell, of course, is what we know. And then the blood of the Necronomicon. So apparently the book itself bleeds. But... I guess one of my hangups is that it's not consistent and you see people get barfed on with blood, but they don't turn sort of thing. Uh, I, that's the only that I, get, I wish there was a little more you. consistency. Um, granted, I guess they use 6,500 gallons of fake gallons blood in this bl- new one. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was interesting that there was that, that many ways in which one could get infected, but then it not be, um, sure. A through line. And before I, I ditch this wiki page and we can get to more of our criticism, um, the powers, let's just run through the powers that a deadite has, because these are not deadheads. I know there's the Grateful Dead fans we have out there. We're not talking about <laughs> you. We're talking about deadites here. Um, they got the enhanced strength. They can levitate. They have superhuman durability. They can shapeshift. And by this, it really just means they have the capacity Contour. to turn into their old form where they look normal oh, and sure. human again. Um, they have super speed, body jumping, an ability rarely seen, and particularly unruly deadite spirit can jump from one host to another, which I didn't, I don't think I've seen in any of the ones we've watched. I don't know if they've used it. They may have used it on the show. Okay. All right. And then the one that we do see in this is, uh, the group merging power a la the thing, which right. is that freaking was, amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. But that I, was I digress. 
on the fandom. I think that sets people up for what we're talking about here. If you if you haven't gotten to the series yet, it's very cool in that it has its its own world that is a lot of fun. Um, before we move on, there is talk about another one coming and bringing back Ash, played by Bruce Campbell, who's been in him. Yes. Where do you stand on that? Do we need another movie with him? Uh, you know, if they do another movie, I would bet money it's... Because they did the same thing with Ash versus the Evil Dead, that he won't be the center focus. He will be okay. part of an ensemble. Got it. And I think that would be a fun way of tying the original, uh, you know, original films to what they're doing now. I would bet money they'd kill him off finally. Yeah. But the thing that I... Because he's an executive I, producer. He's still making money off he, these anyways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And And he's a major supporter of the franchise you know he's the one who shows up at the comic cons and 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 horror cons so bruce for years you know has basically i don't want to say done what sam raimi has has allowed him to do but we know that bruce wouldn't do another evil dead and and reprise the role role of ash unless sam raimi was like involved so I think that would be the catch is that Sam might come back to direct something. And a few weeks ago, uh, Bruce Campbell tweeted out a very, he's like a very mysterious tweet from, uh, or text that he had gotten from Sam Raimi that said, get your fat ass to the gym, <laughs> which, which Sam kind of took as like, Oh, you, you want me to get back into like shape for this. So, well, that's um, exciting. I definitely like the idea of yeah. him being a supplemental, but you got to put so, you got to put a name in there or something because as much as I love him, I, I like I mentioned it to Mara. She did. She never heard of him. You know what I mean? He's not <laughs> somebody that's bringing people into the audience unless you are a, a deadite yourself, a dead. Yeah, a horror lover. fan will go see anything Bruce Campbell's in. Yes, he, he's great in the in the smaller projects that he does outside of horror too. He's always entertaining to in, watch. And uh, let's talk really yeah. quick about his character, if you don't mind. Um, uh-huh. in the in the through through line of the first two, because I noticed a big change from um, Evil Dead One to Evil Dead Two, just in his yeah. like ability to act. Like he got much better. Yes. Where do you stand on that front? I think that's a combination of of him, you know, getting better over time, and I think it's probably a, a huge contribution of Sam Raimi becoming a better director. That's probably and, true. And, and, and knowing how to d- direct Bruce and what he's capable of, I heard. You know, in interviews from from Bruce Campbell, that Sam Raimi kind of like beats the shit out of Bruce Campbell on set because he knows his limits and and uh, and what he's capable of, and I think it just that's what gets his performance to that level. Yeah, because in two, I, I feel like he he does go above and beyond. That being said, there are still some of these weird scenes in these these two two movies, the first two, that kind of are kind of inexplicable to me. Um, where okay. He, like he's just he just kind of stands frozen in the first one, while his girlfriend's coming at him, and and the guy that he's with who is like, he's cringy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The other male yes. lead in that one, very it's it's a struggle to listen to his deliveries and such. Um, but he just kind of stands there. It doesn't do anything. I'm I'm just I'm excited how much he's evolved with the series. That that's all I'm yeah. trying to get at here because yeah. I do adore him. I just think. Maybe the first one could use a different, a new cut or something to make it really amazing. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I bet you they 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 feel the same way. But I bet you it's also a really good benchmark to show 
where they started and where they're at now. Because if you haven't seen the TV series Ash versus the Evil Dead, it it, it shows like as a team how they've grown and oh good and what they can. I've seen I've seen a little bit of the first season. I really yeah. liked. It. It's just one of those things. It's yeah. on stars. It's hard to get sure. get a it's hold hard of. To, yeah. Netflix um, was streaming it for a while and then pulled it and yeah. And that being said, I don't like to trash talk people's acting, but this Richard DeManicor from Evil Dead One, there's a reason he doesn't have a link here on Wikipedia like the rest of the people of <laughs> that movie. Yeah, he was. <laughs> this was Sorry, this is Rich. like the yeah no Not this is fan. like the the exact um <laughs> you know I don't I don't want to trash indie filmmaking because I I love indie filmmaking but you know you you work with what you've got and I I bet you they in Michigan didn't have access you know to to Hollywood actors and, and yeah. they were developing and I will say yeah. in terms of his character is at least his character stood up and actually fought uh the the deadites as they were the demons as they were coming at him whereas bruce in that first one he's just standing there froze uh he's not too impressive in that first one and he, there's multiple times where he falls for his girlfriend <laughs> turning back to her old self oh no i can't kill you now and she yeah. comes after him and then good again i don't know uh yes i'm glad both the acting and the characters uh evolved of ash it was weird because in the first one he's called ashley not Ash. Yeah, Ashley. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, strange. I've never met uh, dude Ashley. Oh yeah, sure. You have. Okay. Sure. Well, no, I'm. I, I just know that it's it's one of those. Yeah, those but ambiguous. You've names never that... met one. No, no, no. I've never met one. I think it's a generational thing. I think I at see. one point. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Interesting. Um, let's get back on track here. And <laughs> let's talk Evil Dead Rise. Um, with yeah. our director Lee Cronin. Who I loved from um, the Hole in the Ground. I think Hole we talked ground. about that last year a little we bit. We did. Essentially, I think we did Irish uh, horror filmmaker. I think that's well, when we did Irish oh, horror. Oh, interesting. But that yeah. one, if you guys don't remember, is about this kid who essentially uh, keeps his family in the ground in the backyard while he kind of just has the run of the house and is a little little psycho, right? Is that is the right that, one, or am I thinking of, of something uh, different? No, I think you're thinking of a different one. Uh, the hole in the ground is about the mother whose son goes missing. It's a change. Oh, the doppelganger story. one. Yes. Okay, the changeling yes. I, one. Okay. I know. I think the one you're talking about, I actually didn't get to watch. I know the one you're talking about. I can't That's think of the title. That's immediately but... where my head went with the hole in the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. My bad then. I, I did also like that changeling movie as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's Irish. So can't go yeah, and it, and it kind of shows you that he is also a great director of young talent because this Evil Dead Rise focuses on a family and the the youngest actor I would say is probably like nine or yeah, uh, so character Cassie, Cassie is got to be like nine, ten years old or maybe even younger. I don't know, but I thought she she was great on camera. She was great. That's actually something I asked while we were watching. I was like, how much do you think they tell this kid about what's going on in this story and what she's actually right. dealing with? Because Cassie's one of the ones that makes it through the entirety of the film, sees all the horrors, ultimately yeah. ends up seeing her mom and her two uh, siblings uh, conjoin into an amorphous uh, blob <laughs> of monster, called a marauder, yeah. I guess. Um, what do you think? Like, what... what that's, Where do you that's, stand um, ethically in terms of parents that would allow their kid to be doused in blood at the age of six or seven, whatever she is? 
Well, I, I, I think, you know, maybe in the 70s and 80s, I don't think the kids had a, a say in it and the parents just, you know, allowed it to happen for yeah. the money. I'd, I'd say, you know, they've come a long way uh, about parents on sets. I bet the Cassie's parents were right there. And I'd say that they, they probably made it fun. A lot of these horror movies seem like they're making comedies when they're doing this stuff on That's set. That's a point. That is a point. You know, uh, I, I think this, yeah, I think it's more of an upbeat set. I mean, okay. I'm sure there's ways of scaring a child on set, but I don't know if that's ethical. Like, if you were to not, like you asked, like, how much do you inform the child? I mean, you could get a genuine, realistic scare out of a child if you didn't explain to them what's happening. But you might do some long-term damage as well. Yeah. So I, I had nightmares the night I saw it, as did Mara. We both had nightmares that really? night. Really? It was that impacting. Wow. Um, wow. I know you mentioned uh, you enjoyed it. But your lady did. She didn't think it was scary. She enjoyed it, but she just find well, it, didn't find it scary. Well, well, okay. So Nora is somebody who has come a long way as far as like horror uh, movies. When we first started dating, she was like, "Nope, can't yeah. watch them." Now she watches, you know, anything that I, I put on, and 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 a big part of of horror. I mean, I think people assume they're going to get you know scared, but when you actually sit through it. I mean, it, it could, you know, evoke some, some, you know, jump scares in you. But I, I didn't, I didn't think this movie. I, maybe, maybe I'm like just desensitized to it. But I don't know. It's, it's a really tricky thing. Everyone reacts to them differently. Yeah, that's fair. For me, the ones that really impact me that I find more scary are the ones not rooted in like uh, the supernatural, like we talked about before. Speak No Evil, which is now getting a remake with James McAvoy. Um, right. where everything that happens in there is so horrific, but it could actually happen sort of thing. Yes. Um, and literally when the bad guys are asked, why are you doing this? It's like, because we could, a la like the strangers, because you were home, you know, these sort of just really yeah. ominous yeah. existential horrors are, are what would get to me. But, um, let's, let's talk the deeper meaning on this one then, because if you remember in 2013, they use the premise of a girl going through withdrawals. I'm assuming it was heroin, heroin withdrawals. Um, and she's the one that gets taken over um, initially. She's the first one yeah. that gets put in the cellar, a la the first one. Because the 2013 one has a lot in common with the OG. It does. It does. You know, a group of, of friends at a cabin, just the... It's it's just, yeah, they, they bring the... Um, the star in the 2013 version to the cabin to try to detox, you know, try to go. I even think she says going cold turkey, you know, right. And it, I, I would, I, I've always thought it was, would be interesting if it was more of like a surprise, like intervention. Surprise intervention would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm going through my head. I'm like, but is it, does that make it, there's got to be some, some things like the the fact that she was willing to go there almost makes it worse. I don't know. But I think if it was yes. a surprise, like you said, they might, I might have bought them thinking her going crazy was just her going through the withdrawals when she was really yeah, like starting that's to true. express the demonism or whatever. That would have been a little more viable because there's moments in that 2013 one where she's just obviously uh, a slave to Satan or whatever, to Kandar. Right. And they're like, it's really that bad, huh? <laughs> Those withdrawals really suck. <laughs> I struggle a little with that. But this one, I think, is um, 
is more on the money in terms of what I think is going on with the deeper meaning. And you mentioned Cronin does well with the family dynamic. And in his first one, The Whole, it's essentially the mother being weary, scared of her child. And this one, right. we have the inverse, where you have the children, and then, of course, the sister, who no longer can trust their mother, their mother figure, the, the protective figure. Um, it's a sweet inverse in terms of what he's done. But I really think, like, at, at the root of it, it's the horrors of being a single mother and, like, what you think your children might end up because you are not following this prescribed nuclear family um, that right. your kids are going to get judged for not having, you know? Yeah, um, and, and the whole time this is happening... Our our star, the aunt, finds out she's pregnant. So she right. has has to now uh take on this motherly role as well and figure out uh, uh, could I be a mother? Because her character seemed very independent, was like in the in the music industry, touring in its the yeah. exact opposite lifestyle. But we find out, you know, that she's willing to basically put her life on the line for the people she loves it's at the end i think she went because she, she pretty much yeah. goes to visit her sister who is the single mother of three kids right all right. now in their teens to kind of decide am i gonna have this kid or not sort of thing i think she goes there to kind of gauge can i do this should i do this how how did her kids kind of turn out uh, i think it was it's it's just about her as it is about the mom um you know dealing with her own issues as a single mother and the struggles that come with that. It's, you're absolutely right. It's almost timely given the Roe v. Wade stuff that's happening culturally, um, yeah. to or to not, depending on your, um, personal circumstances. Sure. And you're right. I, there's a fun, fun moment when she does find out that she's pregnant she looks at the graffiti on the bathroom wall and it's this like demonic face with like yeah. eyes gooing out, you know, it just, it's beautiful foreshadowing. There's a lot of foreshadowing through this. Um, so yeah, let's dabble back then at the beginning of this film where oh, yeah, let's finding sorry, the book I... is always a big part of it, right? Yeah. And in this one, they do something different because they're in California in this condemned, uh, high rise. Um, they're in the, what is it, The parking garage down at the basement after getting food going out for pizza or whatever. Uh, and the earthquake kind of breaks up this parking garage enough for them to then find like a tome. And then the tome itself is, uh, or the tomb, what would you call those? The uh, yeah, it's, it sarcophagus. It's yeah, cracked a little yeah. bit where they then mm -hmm. scoop out the book, which is covered in locust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought this was a really fun new take on it. I think they even mentioned the fact on the record that there's a couple different versions of this book. Am I am I wrong there? Didn't they mention? There, would, there would have to be if this right? is a if it's canon. You know what I mean? Because it would not Absolutely. make any sense as far as a timeline goes that this book was put into the the ground here by these priests or in this this tomb, like you're saying. It seemed like it was in like the 40s or 50s, you know, or, or whenever you know, like people were recording to vinyl as like dictating notes. I'm not just talking right. about making records. Yeah. I'm talking about it as a as a means of actually keeping tracks track of notes it would be really cool to know that this is just one of the books and there maybe there are two three total and like that's where the other stories you know re revolve around those uh i thought when it was first happening i was like mm, i don't necessarily love where this is going with the yeah. priests you know it's like, it's like maybe it was a <laughs> yeah. little too much on the nose and like 
And I was pleasantly surprised with how they they sort of just put that into as far as or Lee did as far as the storytelling goes. Right. Because it didn't you really know. come up that much again at all. Right. Right. Did right. it? No. Um, and I no. did like that they then used, like you said, the the turntables, which does go back to the first ones, which yeah, used those DJ, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the DJ um, turn. But this one had to go backwards, which was which was fun. Which was yeah, that was kind of fun. And um, I, I wanted to talk really quick about the just a little bit more about the opening sequence. So at the cabin, because okay. I really liked that. I didn't know how these stories were going to connect, and that it's not like they said two days earlier or one day earlier. Right. And and I um. That may have been one of the scariest moments was the the scalping. The scalping off, but, was great. Oh my god! I didn't love the drone self maiming because, as far as I can remember, that's the only sure. time we've seen a, a, a possessed uh, a, a person, a deadite, trying a deadite, to yeah, maim themselves. Uh, yeah, like perp- un- without purpose, sort of thing. Unless there was, unless gimmicky? there was a moment of quick clarity there where the person was trying to fight back and that's a question i want to ask you is that even a thing once you're taken over can you pop up or is that just the demon uh playing with you making it seem like like in the moments where where the mom's in the kitchen with the scramby eggs and yeah Yeah. (laughs) she's saying something like don't let them get my babies is she actually popping up for a second or is that just heightening the horror you know, As they like to do, they like to create the the fear and the chaos. I think Lee was introducing that. I think it will add into a growth into this series instead of the contained versions that I think. I don't think Sam and Bruce and Rob, when they are making these movies in the eighties, thought that this was going to be a franchise over time. And I think Lee recognizes the fact that there has to be some more humanity into these characters yeah. if you want to try to continue and 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 you know just kind of i don't know develop new spins on these these characters and potentially give them any hope right because right. in the first one right. when we do see them turn back evil dead too you see her mom come back and say i you right. were born on this date or when ash's girlfriend comes back and Ash, what's happening to me? Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. you know, but in this one, you don't know. I feel right. like you don't know if she is bleeding through a little bit and that she's she's fighting this thing in her mind. Right. Um, or, I appreciate or, that then. It's, it's ambiguous yeah. right now. We don't know for sure, it but is. there's the potential. The only other thing I could almost like equate it to is like that moment where someone's going down in quicksand and it's like their last few words before they actually get completely right. yeah. smothered. And it's like yeah. this is the last bit of their mother coming out before she's completely taken over. But I, I will say, I, I, my only complaint about the movie was that sometimes it was a little too dark. Watching the actual, in the theater, literally, like the lighting, the, the you couldn't lighting. see what was going on. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes in the apartment, I was like, I think I'm focusing too hard. On this, That's fair. this light. I, I could see that being um, something that would be annoying. Maybe it was our projector. Maybe it was like our projector. Yeah. Because. Uh, yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't really notice that too much. Like I, I was. I was pretty. Pretty absorbed into it. Um, to the point where, like, okay. when it did get dark, I was. You know, 
I felt like it was purposeful, I guess, when there okay. were those moments. Um, but I, that's probably a, a fair assessment. It could have could have lit up, especially because. Okay, this is another question I want to ask you about the deadites. They can't Please. exist in the light. They just temporarily go away and then come back because at the end of Evil Dead One, right? Uh, they make it seem like Bruce Campbell has been possessed, and then essentially Evil Dead Two restarts with him being, you know, uh, no. shot back That's... through the forest, and he wakes up in a puddle, and then it's light. And he had turned, but when the light comes up, he was back to normal. No, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's that's. They can live in the light. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of scenes in Army of Darkness, and I'm thinking of scenes in Ash versus the Evil Dead that that take place during the day. I just think that they kind of lean into the horror, where it mostly takes place at night. But I don't think that's a rule, like a vampire okay. type of a thing. Fair. Fair. One other thing I want to mention about that opening sequence, I didn't love. Uh, that I loved and I didn't love, okay? Two things. Didn't love just the severed head popping up out of the water. Felt like that was <laughs> lazy, you know? Uh, it was fine. It was just fine. Let's put it that way. After how amazing the scalping was, right. I just thought that was fine. But I did love the literary illusion at the top because we have the girl who gets scalped um, reading uh, Wuthering Heights, Emily Bronte, yeah. who's gothic, you know, gothic writer, and she's also known for holing up not leaving her home, and then she dies of tuberculosis, which is not where you coughing up blood. Right, you know. Right. So I felt like that was a nice little literary gem for <laughs> yeah. the likes of my my I, brain. That's no, that's good, and I'm sure only so many people actually can catch those smaller details. And it was cool that the, when she was possessed, she was reading, she was reciting what she was reading. Yes, that was a new what, thing that they could see through your sight. Yeah, that's something borrowed from the actual possession genre now when someone is possessed in a like an exorcist style movie they have information that they didn't know originally so right. that's when you've got someone speaking a different language that they, they didn't know they're yeah. speaking bible verses or whatever they're quoting sanskrit that doesn't exist anymore this is the equivalent them they're reading parts of a book that they've memorized that they probably haven't even gotten to yet right yeah i dug that yeah I, I liked that a lot too. For the most uh, part, I, I love the teaser. What did you think about the um, title screen? Ultimately, where you that. have the character coming that. out a lot, like a holy figure, like a Jesus sort of ri yeah. rising from the water. Then you get your title, uh, "Evil Dead Rise." You know, as appropriately, I she's that rising. Was incredibly powerful and impactful. Yeah. I just thought I liked that shot. That was a good shot. Yeah, it was dark. That was great. The sound was like kind of blew you back, and it was it was basically. Like, um, like, a, like an acknowledgement. The movie hasn't even really started yet. Right. What you just saw was <laughs> just a fun little appetizer. Here's the main course. You know, that, yes. that's what I got from it. Uh, it was a hell of an attention getter. Yeah. Something that I really loved about this, uh, was the fact that you're in a part in an apartment complex, you have the ability to have some other neighbors. And I yeah. really liked the older man who, uh, you can tell that this, yes, you could tell that there's a, a close, tight-knit community here. There's not a lot of them left in this building. It looks like, it, I think they said it's being condemned. And it's like condemned, down yeah. Soon. And but apparently the knew, exit stairwell was not functional or, or locked up. It, or it, I mean, well, certainly parts of it were destroyed during the quake. That's right. Okay, yeah. But I, I think also, yeah, some of this building was inhabitable, and that's why it has to come down. Um, I, I liked, though, that Mr. Fonda, 
I think uh, Gabriel was the other neighbor. Yeah. They knew things about the sisters. So Right. And they had a crush um, on Bridget, or one of them did. Yeah. Ellie's telling, like, Mr. Fonda, Fonda's like, oh, yeah, you're the sister who, yeah. Like, I liked those small little details there without, you know, just dumping exposition out of these side they characters. They were fleshed out enough to actually care when they were uh, defleshed, you know? <laughs> right. 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 Um, and they were bodies to then form into a larger body, which... Which is great. Uh, uh, something funny, though, I thought was how ironic Ellie was where, when she says, when she's mad at her kids for taking the elevator after an earthquake, and then she goes and does the laundry. I know. And and then that's when she, you know, that's when she starts becoming possessed and the, the cables tie her up. And uh, I did like that, though. I did like the elevator. I thought uh, it was cool. You know, e- Evil Dead Rise, we're going up, we're going up, and then you're stuck here on this floor. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of fun things about it being an apartment building instead of a cabin in the woods. What do you think about though? Because uh, they they then would cut to the book and drawings in the book that were identical to what was happening then. Is that something they've done before? I felt like no. before it was more like a broader connection and not I... literal frames of what we just saw sketched out. Yeah, and I I hear you. Um. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they've done that. Almost like chronologic. Like this is happening in a specific order. But uh, I think that was another fun thing that that Lee Cronin got to the drawings were cool. To it. So they were super cool. Like let's show more of that. And I think it was sort of like just building. It, it sort of like builds through a story better. Yeah. No. I mean, I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't bothered by it. I'm just. No, no, no. It, but it, maybe right. it had to be a different book. You know, if there's because we're seeing new pictures that. Well, the other Necronomicon from the other series doesn't have the teeth that will That's like, true. I like you know, that because that pricked her finger and that's the, what opened right. it up with the blood getting on the skin-bound book. Maybe so. this is a more powerful version. Maybe this has got other, like it's well more well-protected. It almost felt like it, the book itself was more alive yeah. in this version and then in the other uh, films. That is interesting because when I was doing a little research on just the Book of the Dead, the Book of the Dead has popped up in so many different things. And in some, including like the Marvel Universe, the Book of the Dead is sentient and actually can speak back to you sort of thing. So, right, right. Uh, maybe they're evolving just the nature of the Necronomicon itself, uh, which I'm okay with. You know, especially because that's what I forgot to mention. It had been a span of 40 years since they've made the four, but now I'm hearing that they want to churn one out every two to three years. Did I mention that already? No, you, you okay. didn't mention that part. I think it's ambitious, and I and I sometimes think you know it's exciting as a fan of the the um, the IP, but it's also yeah. kind of worrisome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said that, I mean, I I think if you told me tomorrow that they weren't going to make any more films ever, I'm still really happy with the the movies that they have right. made. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping an open mind. I mean, they literally churned out Scream 6 in a year, and I enjoyed it, so... Right. Um, you never know. It's it's possible. Granted, Dream doesn't have the same sort of effects I feel like this one does, which I think no. take more time. Yeah. Um, let's and do a little more hashing cast. out of some of our favorite scenes, some of our, the, the horror that. that we loved in it. Yeah. I mean, I thought that bathtub scene was really, really iconic 
Yes, it reminded which was preceded me... by a fun moment too on the bed where she's supposedly she seems dead and then her eyes open, which happens yeah. in the first one too. But then the fly lands on her eyeball. You gotta love that. Oh. That's creepy as hell. Yeah, I, I'm sure we've it seen is... it before, but it gets me every time because flies oh, are just yeah. nasty. Eyeballs... And you know, yeah, everything they oh. land on, they barf on. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the. Um... I think that the, the the jumping up out of the bathtub is going to be in in montage horror scenes forever. Yeah, I think it it also was reminiscent of the the bathtub in uh, the Shining. Yes, and, you know, totally. And I really like this is like the first time like with uh, mommies with the maggots. Yes, um, mommies with I the really, maggots. Now, really like the voice that they gave her too. I thought it was creepy. It um it was almost a new spin on the the deadites because I think this was more of just a small modular like change to the voice when I think in the other versions that they may just straight up use different voices on the on the actors I'm I'm not certain of that uh but that that was one of my my favorite scenes was just that, that jump that was really then, effective especially because yeah. we had the more um playful scene at the tub prior to that before she'd been possessed yeah. with the ant and Cassie, and she pretends like she's getting sucked up. You know, your classic trope. I don't know if you noticed, though, there's a scene where she puts her hand into the water where they're underneath the water, yeah. and it's like a reverse shot of Freddy when Freddy, he, yeah. his fingers go up. That or was the other way. Else, yeah. I just felt like that might have been a little homage too, possibly, because sure. it was just the sure. inverse of it, you know? Uh, now that you mentioned that moment, though, it's, it's really funny because <laughs> that's something that, like, as a a parent wouldn't necessarily think to do because you want your kids to take baths. You exactly. don't want them to be scared. And this is the aunt version and not the, right. the mom version. But then later you've got the little girl saying you're going to be a good mommy because yes. you know how to lie to kids. Yes. That's, it's that a really a good funny one. connection be, uh, between those two. Between Cassie and Beth. Our I totally agree. Well, just to speak to what you were talking about earlier with Allie's character, played by Alyssa Sutherland, I thought she was really effective. I feel like she has like a horror face in itself. I mean, she's yeah. a beautiful woman. It's just that she has those like sharp angles that, you know, come off a little sinister without yep. the makeup, you know? Um, so yep. I thought she was perfectly cast. Yeah, she uh, she was also on a show I watched called Vikings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought she would. She did a really great job, just huh. overall, and I think she will be sort of like a. a I, 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 I you, you'll see her in more horror movies, right? But I, I will say that this performance, I think, is, is sort of like, yeah, iconic. it was great. Yeah. I liked her better than the one in twenty thirteen. Um, I thought she was more it, effectively scary. Granted, that one yeah. gets trapped in the cellar for most of the movie, but, um, okay. So you love the bath scene. Then we move on to. Mommy's with the Magus now. Oh, yeah. Okay, so she comes out of the bathroom, and then she starts attacking people, right? You got the poor aunt who gets stabbed through the hand. That was nice and gory. That's the moment where it's like, why hasn't she, why isn't she turning? Why hasn't she turned via this moment right. sort of thing? Right. Because right after that, you have her dealing with the tattoo good. She stabs herself, and then she's about to stab uh, Bridget, her middle daughter, in the eye. Uh, but then, you know, gets tossed with a tattoo with, gun, right? With the, with the tattoo gun. Ooh. So it's then blood on her, and then she gets her in the cheek ultimately. And as we know, Bridget does turn soon after that. 
Um, and I wanted to talk about Bridget's turning. What did you think about the vomiting of the locusts, which, you know, we saw in the book initially? Yeah. I love it. It seemed like she was just getting hollowed out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it was, that was incredibly cool. Um, yeah, it seems, it seems that kind of everybody changes at a different rate, you know? Yeah. That's, that's um, and her reveal, though, okay, so Bridget changes. Go ahead. And then later when Beth enters the kitchen, she's standing on the, squatting on the counter. The counter, yeah. Eating glass. That, that was, was fun. Pretty... That was new. I hadn't seen that before. Because yeah. you'd see the glass actually go down her throat oh, and, like, yep. pierce through the skin. That was yep. sufficiently horrific for me, which leads into, I think, the scene that's the most notorious. That's the only thing that I'd heard about the movie prior is the cheese grater. Uh, yeah. When, when his yeah. man is trying to escape, she holds her down and she's grates her <laughs> leg, which I think was another callback to Evil Dead 1, because I don't know if you remember, but Ash's right leg gets just torn into very similar to what it looks like with the cheese grater um, sure. from the Cheryl who's trapped in the basement. So I don't know. I think he definitely yeah. had studied the earlier movies enough to kind of like put his oh. own take on stuff that had actually occurred prior. Agreed, agreed. Including the eye pop. I didn't like the eye pop. We mentioned all of the neighbors in the hall who get yeah. ultimately slaughtered by her. Uh, and at one point, an eye pops out of somebody and into somebody else's mouth. I hated that. Yeah. I'm sorry. But that was in Evil Dead 2, too, which makes me know. forgive it a little bit. Um, but it's just yeah, silly. It, it, that's it, the moment that Mara was like the most grossed out. And to me, it was like, okay, lost me a little bit here. <laughs> you know? Well, there you go, though. There you go. It's going to hit everybody a little bit differently. Uh, I also thought it was a little too comical for yeah. the tone he was going with. Right. But but yeah, it is forgivable if you, if it's like, well, that's just that's another connection. It happens in this world. It, it yes, happens it does. in um I think it happens in Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell as oh well. Oh my god, why? She's fighting she's or <laughs> the old woman's teeth fall oh god, there's so many <laughs> body horror jokes in Sam Raimi's world. Yeah, I mean it, it's fun. You... It's just it, there was nothing else like that. So it just stood out. To yeah. Me, um that's all. What did you think about there's a this is a two parter. Yeah. The the the, the other shining because there's so many references here the obvious one the blood in the elevator right and i thought for sure if you're completely covered in, in this blood that you would change that's another moment where i was like how yeah. why you're throwing me off here that, it's possible that the deadites love the fear and they decide when you get turned you know because they yeah, want it to be, last it's sort a game. of thing it's a game yeah that is because if there's nobody there to mess around with then you know what's the point <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, there's no fun tormenting the living but i did like seeing the the elevator from within fill up you know yeah. because you see it in the shining yeah. just open and you get a similar shot with the bodies coming out too um but i thought that was a really claustrophobic moment especially when you have the marauder on top of it with you know six arms reaching uh hole in the elevator the, the exit and you know that's what ultimately made it crash down because of all the extra weight I liked it, I, but you're right. Um, the, the third act is, is nonstop, you know? There's no dialogue, really. It's just nonstop horror that's a mayhem. Great point. That's, a, that's a great point about the dialogue. Uh, there's just more Evil Dead references. The the chainsaw. Yes, gotta have a chainsaw. Uh, I loved the the justification of the body's... The body having that machine there 
in which the bodies go into. Uh, which was well, foreshadowed also, in the um, earthquake at the beginning. When the earth yes. starts shaking, you see the wood chippers the, shaking yeah. too, very yeah. noticeably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the, the shotgun, the fact that, that she grabs the shotgun and the chainsaw are just, those are Ash. You're, you're the new Ash Williams yes. here. Ashy, and she was good. I, I liked Beth too. I thought she was a good, essentially our final girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a pregnant final girl, which I, I think I feel like it's happened before, but not off the tip of my tongue can I think of one. Yeah, I'm a pregnant sure final girl. Yeah. But, um, earlier moment I just want to mention was I really liked when the mom tricked Cassie into thinking that she was still her mom because if anybody's going to get tricked, it's going to be the kid. So in those moments, yeah, it kind of worked because then later she tries to trick her again and Cassie's learned her lesson. Um, The scissors through her head. That's another thing. I don't get how sometimes they can be decapacitated and then they come back 10 minutes later sort of thing. Sure, It's like they're short-circuited for a minute. It's disemberment. It's like it's like the only yeah. In, in fact, let's go to the opening scene to the 2013 Evil Dead, yes. in which we have a girl who's tied up, and there are these locals, and then there is a father, right? And the, we find out the daughter is a deadite. Yes. And he has to not only burn her body, but then remove her head, and he blows it off with a shotgun. And it's just like, that's what locals know. That's that's what you do. It's like I guess kind of like the equivalent of a zombie. You have to remove their head or right. stab them in the brain. Get them in the brain. Although you gotta do what you but gotta in do. This world, you have that, to. That you have to. Teaser of twenty thirteen was really effective. I thought too because oh, yeah, it makes yeah, yeah. it seem like uh, that she she gets you know kidnapped essentially. Put the bag over her head when she's in the woods. You really feel like you're yeah. dealing with bad guys, yeah. and then it turns out it's to be the father. It was a nice switch. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, and then and then yeah, we have a really great wrap up on just talking about the story in general here to bring it back to yep. the opening sequence. The fact that it's like ending and starting, it was really fun. Like it wasn't just like the day before. Like this girl was in, in this building the entire time. Uh, she's talking to somebody on the phone, and then she ends up in the parking garage. And like here we go. Walking through then, this like pool of blood, not knowing it because she's gabbing on the phone. Uh, right. Yeah, I thought it was really well uh, structured. I guess you could say. I really liked yeah. the way that the whole thing moved. I wasn't bored ever. Um, right. I think that's 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 part of what makes Evil Dead's unique. Um, the director actually, when asked about that, says he's like, "So what? What makes? What is the Dead like series?" essence and he says a whirlwind of energy where anything can happen and i think that's really an effective way to yeah to describe it so i hope they i hope that they um they continue to work with lee because i think he just gets it he understands the assignment i think he brought some really fun new things to the franchise and yeah. i well, especially because the guy who directed the 2013 one mr alvarez is now Freddy moving alvarez. on to the alien tv series yeah, um, which a lot of people are worried about it because it's just a bunch of hot young things. Yeah, I know and they just announced uh, that. we don't have our our beloved, you know, character actors like in the best incarnations of Alien. So right, right. We'll see. I, he was great in the the, the first one was good. Twenty thirteen was a good. I, I have hope. I have. Uh, I'm optimistic. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But you're yeah. right. Let's let's hope Lee sticks with this for for a little little longer here. 
I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what they, they want to do next. And if they will, in fact, bring Bruce into this kind of new world, or if it will be a separate, like, just an, an another additional, like, <laughs> I don't know what you would do with Ash, though, again. So I'm, I'm just curious to see. Yeah, I'm excited. But um, unless you got anything more, go see this movie. Just go see it. And then also like and subscribe to us and leave a comment on our Spotify and or Apple podcasts. And in order to do that, one must stay alive.